laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Huh? We should have this person locked up and looked at. Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Mers and David Horning on this week's episode. I think a lot of people start comedy and they rush to like crazy stuff, but I think the first few years should just be like finding your voice and learning about joke structure. I mean, the same is true, but let's, let's parallel this to actual role-playing. Like, mm-hmm. like in high school, you're not like, all right, yeah. never had sex before, true. but I have this idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. yeah. You got to get the basics down and then you can start yes. doing the weird stuff. Totally. And I still don't have the basics. So yeah. I gotta be <laughs> <Right>. patient. <laughs> right. Hey, this is David from You Can't Laugh at That. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast and if you found value in any of the episodes or if you've laughed even once, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod. Now, these conversations we have with all these awesome comedians typically last about two hours. So there's so much footage we have to cut from every single episode and we hate that we have to cut it and we don't want it to disappear into the ether, which is why we edit it together into exclusive clips. Some episodes, they're 15 minutes, a half hour of extra footage. Other episodes, it's a little bit shorter. Either way, if you enjoy listening to You Can't Laugh at That, join our Patreon for exclusive access. And thanks for listening to our podcast and supporting comedy because no matter how weird times get, remember that you can laugh at that. Welcome to You Can't Laugh at That, the podcast where we take topics that aren't funny and we find ways to make them funny and the never-ending quest to prove that there's always a way to laugh at that. Always a way to laugh at that. Right, Steve? Yeah, right. Perfect. Uh, Steve Mers is joining us. It's my lovely co- co-host. Hi, I'm Steve Mers, and I have Disney Channel charisma. <laughs> you got to do the <laughs> the magic wand like ears thing. The funny thing about that was that was like thirty percent Disney charisma. <laughs> yeah, you need to be bigger, no, please. No. <laughs> be big this in- this entire episode, please. And uh, and joining us today from New York City is Maddie Smith. What's going on, Maddie? Hello. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Happy. I thought you were just going to say happy Easter. <laughs> that, hey, yeah. That's I already forgot yeah. yesterday was Easter and I don't give a fuck about Easter. <laughs> no offense to Jesus Christ, our savior, but yeah, not a big holiday for me. <laughs> mm, yeah. I, I pre- pretty much when I realized that the Easter bunny wasn't real, I was like, oh, okay. So then why are we doing this? If that's not the yeah. first one to go, that's really sad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's the big one. Yeah, you're just like, what are the logistics there? I've never seen an Easter bunny that large. Yeah. I and, actually and think Santa was the first for me to go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think because my mom's handwriting was the same as Santa's. And I was <laughs> yeah. She didn't even quickly try. Quickly did not even try. It was like so Janine's writing. And I was like four <laughs> years old. I was like, okay, 
I see what's going on here. <laughs> you're just, you're like comparing them next to each other. Like, yeah. 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 Like I'm the FBI. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. I've always found the, uh, the Easter bunny to be pretty frightening. Like the, yeah. the, the costumes, like the eyes are just wide open yeah. <laughs> and it's terrifying. Yeah. I've never, they're never cute. No. It's always like a weirdo masculine bunny that freaks you out. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if there's not really, um, yeah, I don't want that thing in my house either. I don't even think my parents um, talked about the Easter Bunny. I don't even think we even, like, tried with that one. Yeah, it's such a weird... Yeah. Like, it's almost like they threw a bunch of ideas against the wall and they just picked the first three because nobody yeah. was coming up with anything good. Yeah, 100 like, all right, rabbit, eggs, Jesus, let's go. Let's go home. And it blows the whole lid off the operation, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, Maddie has, uh, she, are you, you're still on wild and out? Is that like, so happening? Yeah, it's still happening. I think there's new episodes airing this week, actually. Okay, really cool. I think we're filming this summer. Okay. Yeah. Live audience. I mean, I feel like you have no, to with a show like that. I think so. I know that the cast members and crew are doing a bubble. So I mm -hmm. think, I don't know. And we have to test daily. So I think so. You can't do that without a live audience. Right. I think right. it's kind of going to be like SNL with the masks and maybe, I don't know. They sent a packet. I actually didn't read it that well. That's all right. We won't. I was we'll just like, this. yeah, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> we'll edit this out so they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause like they're doing like the mask singer and stuff and yeah, they're doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So just a, a short amount of time and I was back. I'm glad I get to do like, a couple months of stand up before I go back. Cause if I had to go back right now, I would be rusty as fuck <laughs> just yeah. in terms of like being in st on stage in front of people and coming up with jokes. I need, I need a little bit of a grace period. Yeah. No, you are. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. You're uh, <laughs> give me a second. Yeah. No, but right. No, but, um, so, Wild and out, like uh, how did that come about? Um, it's a really boring story. I just auditioned and then I got it. All right. I'm a roast battler. I'm a roast battler in New York okay. City, and I did a bunch. So they're all on YouTube because I was on the roast masters at the stand and stuff. And I just sent them in, auditioned in New York, and then flew down to Atlanta for more auditions. And then I was on the show. That's pretty much it. It's like the, literally the most boring story. There's like a video on YouTube where I explain it and it's like you go down to Atlanta for a week of auditioning where they cut people every day and then you're just on the first episode if you make it through. That's cool. That's mm -hmm. cool. So like roasting, is that, would you say that's one of your strong suits? Obviously. I mean, if it, if it got you cast on a, on a um, TV show. I guess so. Uh, I don't enjoy doing it that much though. I just kind of did it and then I kept doing it because other people were doing it. And there was like a roasting peak, it feels like, in the New York scene that I was riding a wave of and kind of just like snowballed like every week people were asking. And then I was in like a tournament and climbing the ranks at the stand. It was very accidental. I would not say it's my passion, but it. it was just a kind of a way to... I mean, I do like roasts, like a birthday roast or a deus roast, but the roast battling is next level like psychological torture that yeah. I think I'm far enough along that I don't really have to do them anymore. 
I quit uh, doing roast battles like three years ago. <laughs> then yeah. for like two years, and yeah. then it got like crazy, and then I was like done. Uh, it's, but I, it's so much fun to write roast jokes, and I, it comes easy to me in my style. So, yeah, it's definitely for me. It's like not my stand up is not like roasting at all. Like Eli Stairs is so good because his stand up is like funny one liners that are <laughs> similar to roast jokes. But my stand up is not like that at all. So I would have to take like days out of my week to write these stupid jokes. Uh, and yeah. we're fun. It is fun to roast people, but I don't like the um, fact that they're also roasting you. Yeah, it's fun to roast people, but then you also have to have strategy for what they're going to say about you and. And if they get momentum, any joke you have will sound fucking stupid against them. Yeah. So there's more than just you roasting them, which is annoying. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That's not, that's not something that you think about when you first get into doing roasts. Like, yeah. cause the energy is super, super important. Yeah. What you got to do is roast reality and then you don't have to worry about people anymore. <laughs> that's kind of yes. like what I already do. So. Would you say that uh, that that style has an influence on the way that you write material, or like, do you no, keep anything? Really. Do do you keep like any of the good ones for if like um, if crowd work calls for it? Crowd work, yeah. I'll be like, you look like you, blah 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 blah. But that's sort of, <laughs> I guess, the roasting helps with like crowd work because it makes my crowd work can become a little bit more new, unique than. Oh, you just, you look like you've never made her come. You're like, oh, shut the fuck up. But yeah. I can get more specific and creative with crowd work than other people who think they're roasting people in the crowd. I'm like, you're not roasting. You're literally just screaming at them and saying he has a small dick. I don't, that's not roasting. Roasting means you're saying jokes about that person. You're, but sh- there's people who are like, I totally roasted him. I said he had a micro penis. I'm like, that's not roasting. You're just like, <laughs> <laughs> talking yeah. to innocent innocent people in the crowd and making them feel really sad about being yeah. coming to the- <laughs> but, if like, <laughs> but if it's in a joke form like he looks like a like a love child of blah 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 and blah 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 even if it's the easiest road joke at least it's a joke you know mm-hmm. yeah. i do think it helps with the crowd work but in terms of my set i don't think so my set is very like personal and long-winded and more um just like uh, machine gun punchlines and the roast jokes are a lot different. I was mm-hmm. telling Steven, like, it's a lot different than my set. That's why it's like, it's also kind of like a waste, not a waste of time because it was a very productive use of my a couple years, but after a while, you're like, I, I got to focus on stand up. Mm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I assume it, it helps with, with some of the joke writing, but there's only yeah. so much you can do with it. There really is only so much you can do. I feel like if you were Sam Morell or something, it would be more helpful, but I'm really good at writing roast jokes for other people, I feel mm-hmm. like. And I'm like really good at editing and punching up. But when it comes to my own, I'm I think I'm a I think I'm out of ideas. <laughs> Sit this one out, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cuz I mean, I'm sure you hear the same thing pretty frequently when you do that. It's like, "Oh, yeah, cool, thanks." Yeah. That's been so done. many of the same thing. That's why like in New York city, there was like a peak of roasting and maybe it'll be another cycle of it in a few years. But right now it's like not as hot as it was a few years ago. Everyone's like, everyone who's good at it is like, I can't do that anymore. Cause if you're really good at it, you'll lose your fucking mind trying to like write jokes until the very last minute. Whereas people who are just like, this is a fun little thing. Won't take it as seriously. But there's a group of people in New York who like take it. Incredibly this is everything. Serious. It's everything. <laughs> 
and you could lose you could lose your mind yeah oh yeah for sure God, just I've one minor second i seen burned out from it about two years ago too yeah so, uh, it kind yeah. of yeah yeah you burn out and you're like if i have the desire to do it again i will and then usually you don't yeah there's only so many angles you can take until yeah. people get bored it's like yeah but this was on the show last week it's yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. 2016 to 2018 was, was yeah. definitely the peak. That was the range. Yeah. yeah. Now everybody, we should do them where we're all just super nice to each other. Yeah. yeah. It got mean after a while. Like yeah. people it, were not funny. They were just extremely mean. And it was just like, yeah. this, this is not comedy. This is just like. Yeah. You have to release the tension. To have, like, yeah. yeah. People are really yeah. mean. And, and like people are so mean and. And then when I got to Wild and Out, all I knew was like people are really fucking mean. So I said really mean stuff too. But they were like, "Whoa!" I mean, they never said that, but it's like it's a Viacom show, and there were some jokes on there that I was like, "Oh, I definitely have a roast battle background." Because Wild and Out, the jokes are like, "You have a flat ass," and like she can't twerk. But on roast battle, it's like you're autistic, you're fat, fucking slut, cunt, bitch, and. <laughs> I had to learn how to write more cheesy, not cheesy, maybe a little corny, cleaner, family-friendly jokes on Wild and Out. Yeah, is that more of a is that more of a challenge? Like, do you think that raises your game as a writer more? I think I actually it wasn't a, it's not a challenge. It's more just like stop overthinking and what's the obvious thing. Which in in burst battles you're always overthinking because you're like I want to get them hard. But in Wild and Out, you're just like, I want to get on this episode, so what can I do? How can right. I be smart, but also get on the TV? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah, that's good insights. Um, in addition to Wild and Out, Maddie's been uh, featured as a comic to watch at the New York Comedy Festival. She's performed at festivals all over the country, a writer for uh, Comedy Central's Rose with Alec Baldwin, writing for other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, your podcast, That Time of the Week. Yes. What's, uh, what's the story with that? Uh, it's just a panel show, but it's all women. So it's kind of like current events, couple roast segments, making fun of each other. I guess it's like tough crowd, but with all women and less people. My initial goal was to have me and four women, but it wasn't very COVID friendly mm. and I don't have enough cameras for that. <laughs> so it's me and two went to a rotating group of girls every week. Okay. Kind of just to like showcase female comics. Okay. And that's a newer project that you've been working on? Yeah. I think we're like uh, two and a half months in. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, everybody's got a podcast, but like, if you have a unique take, that's all that matters. Yeah. Or if you like doing it, everyone's yeah. obsessed with hooks. Just like do what you want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, especially now, you know, you got to make as much content in as many ways as possible. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what, a uh, little bit about you first, what made you start doing comedy in the first place? What was uh, the moment? I moved to New York five years ago and, I kind of always wanted to do comedy, but I didn't want anyone to know in case I failed because being funny is like part of my personality. So I thought it would be a huge blow to my ego if I wasn't successful. So <laughs> when I moved to New York, I was like, I can do this anonymously and um, no one will know. 
And then luckily I did well. And now everyone knows. Hmm. But that's pretty much it. Another boring story. That's a good plan, though. <laughs> the entire Thank city you. of Buffalo didn't line up after you announced that you were going to follow your dream. Yeah. <laughs> just waiting oh, I, didn't, I didn't move here just to do comedy. I moved here. And then when I had moved here for a job, I was like, okay, I guess I'm in the biggest city for comedy. I might as well pursue it, you know, post-college. YOLO, you know. Okay. Okay. How was that first time going up? Um, it was fun. It was just an open mic at five thirty on like a Monday, and yeah. I kind of just like went through the emotions. There was like four people there, but um, it was fine. Got a couple laughs, and after that, I just kept going every night, and that's that's pretty much it. It was fine, pretty much yeah. unmemorable. Yeah, a couple laughs. That's all it takes, really. The first yeah. time, like, yeah. yeah, that's really all it takes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because uh, I did it when I, when I the first couple times I did it. I like I have a background in sketch, and for whatever reason, like I love just the stream of consciousness. Like that's mm-hmm. how I write. And so the the first time I went up, it was one liners, which is mm-hmm. so not like me. But I was like, I'm going to be the next Mitch Hedberg. It's not me, yeah. you know. It's like <laughs> yeah. And so every joke bombed because it was just so fake. <laughs> it was just it wasn't authentic. Yeah. So it took me a while to get back up, but. Mm-hmm. Now it's hard with not. the um, with the like characters because um, I feel like those people will kind of bomb for like six years mm-hmm. until they find themselves. So a lot of people get discouraged easily. But I've seen a character's comic ultimately do well because they hone their voice. But if you go up as just yourself, I think you have a better rate of success. Easier to connect with an audience when you're being yourself. Yeah. Definitely. Easier on you too mentally. It's not yeah. as taxing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. audience is just like authenticity lately, I feel like. Speaking of characters, uh, I think that's a good segue into our topic today, which is role playing, which at its core is really just communication. Uh, because <laughs> most of the most of the jokes and the, the bits that I've heard about role playing involve the miscommunication of like you know, what, what part is who's supposed to play and like somebody's over committing to one role and one person's not a good actor, or, you know, just, I mean, that's, that's really all that, that sex is anyway. It's just communicating on a deeper human level with, with another person. And uh, so you uh, have a clip from, uh, was it the, it's the stand. Yeah. I wanted to say stand up New York, but that's a totally different, it's like yeah, the pink different. wallpaper <laughs> yeah. in the background. That's yeah. Yeah. That's stand up New York. Yeah. Um, so do you want to introduce the clip we're doing about the last like minute, minute and a half of it? Um, sure. Just me at the stand doing a set from, I think, 2019. That's it. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Yeah. But role playing is hard because you have to do it a few times to get it right. Because the first time my boyfriend and I tried role playing, it actually ended up not working out because we both wanted to be the pizza guy. <laughs> oh my god. How awkward, right? I showed up at his door all sexy and I was like, "Hello! Pizza time." Hello. <laughs> and then from behind me I heard footsteps. Turned around, he's right there. He's like, "That's right. <laughs> it's pizza time." 
And I was like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be inside. And he was like, the question is, what are you doing? Because I didn't see you on the schedule today. <laughs> what? <laughs> I must have put my ads on. I gotta get that money, yo. $67. Yeah, let him play. Yeah, you can let him play through. You can videos as you want. Please. And you never need to pick up a camera or use there any There you go. For the next it, I beg of you. <laughs> Right in the middle of the minutes. joke, I had no idea. And I was like, what schedule? He's like, hello, Domino's? <laughs> By the way, we're both naked in the hallway. I'm like, okay, can you stop doing this? He's like, all right, fine, are we going to have sex or not? I'm like, oh, now it's an HR issue, isn't it? So what are we going to do here? You guys have been oh so fun. Thank you for being here. Give it up for your host. It was not as quiet as it sounds in the tape, and I was um, also not as loud as it, the tape. <laughs> it's fine, because it's a good, like, it conveys the material pretty well, but it makes you seem like you're screaming to an audience who's, like, mildly laughing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that seemed like a hot crowd, because, like, throughout yeah. the whole set, they were just, they were just, I mean, you were just rolling. Like, you did, yeah. you, like you were saying, you're just machine gunning it. And yeah. It's yeah, just, it was a fun set. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, they're just getting that microphone audio only, right? And not the audience audio. So you just got to, I hate those yeah. kinds of recording. Yeah. I always try to get the audience separately, but that's like, you have to have the stuff. I know. Like, I didn't even realize until after, otherwise I would have gotten it. Not, not the end of the world, but. Yeah, you, that, that's where you tell the joke and then you go like this. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure to try exactly. to get it. <laughs> exactly. I'm recording this. This is important to me. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, when I say laugh, you laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I point the mic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the uh, the bit itself kind of uh, take us through the, the the conception of it. Where did it come from? Inspired by true events? Um, I don't know. I think it might have been a tweet, but not inspired by anything true. Uh, I'm not uh, spicy at all. I'm going to be honest. In the bedroom. So I would never role play seriously, but, uh, but other people can, you guys do you, I think it was just a tweet. And then I brought it on stage. And then after a few mics, I had like the act out down and then it took a few shows to get the whole bit complete. And that was right before quarantine. So I should probably like build on it a little bit, but I haven't yet, but that's pretty much it. Another boring story. I really am outside of being doing standup. I'm pretty boring. <laughs> a, you're not. Yeah. Don't worry. You're, you're being self-conscious of anything. I am. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, but it, yeah, that's pretty much, it was just a tweet that I brought to the stage that people like, I really like it. Cause it's like kind of act outy, but not cheesy. And I like the end is very like, I think that joke was where I was like, Oh shit, I can have like a different style of jokes and they'll still go with it. And it mm -hmm. feels very like, a little bit more creative. I mean, obviously, like, takes on role-playing are not that creative, but I guess for me, just, like, the style was, like, very motivating for me because I was like, I can do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, and I think I think that's the, the, the crux of, like, role-playing jokes is mm -hmm. that, you know, you can take it as far as you want uh, as long as the audience is on board. Yeah. You can uh, you can incorporate act-outs. I mean, you almost have to incorporate act-outs in role-playing. Like, if you do a role-playing yeah. bit without role-playing the bit, it, it's almost like yeah. exposition. Yeah, definitely. So you, you start with the act-out. Well, you start with the, the role-playing is hard. You have to do it a few times to get it down, mm -hmm. um, which is uh, which is kind of funny in itself. It's like, all right, are we going to rehearse today? Like, is this going to... 
How does that end? Yeah, I used to have like a tag, or sometimes I naturally just say it, but it's like if I do a if I do debt jokes, because I have a lot of debt, if I do my student debt jokes earlier in the set, I'll say like that's where all the debt came from was going to school to learn how to role play. <laughs> Something like mm-hmm. that. Acting role school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, what what brings you here? Have you read uh, Have you read uh, Uda Hagen? Yeah, <laughs> like uh, who's that? Is that a Is that like a position? Is that a character? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the first time not working out, so you set up the scene. We both wanted to be the pizza guy. I mean, that's like that. That's funny in itself, but it, it sets the scene again for the rest. Yeah. So that, like, when you start doing the act out, people already know what's coming. Um, yeah. But then you have that creative freedom to to do the sleight of hand at the end that you do, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you're supposed to be inside. Uh, and then the, I didn't see you on the schedule today. Like, I love how the audience takes a second yeah. to realize, oh, this is the direction the bit's going. Yeah. I know. Anytime that bombs, I'm just like, you guys are fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like the stand, they loved it. That's like a young, easy crowd of like people with college degrees who live in a city and they're like, so quick, but I did this actual joke in the Connecticut show I did a couple of weeks ago and it like fully bombed until the HR line. I'm like, how could you laugh at that if you didn't even understand what I just set up for you guys? But that's no problem. That's no problem. But if they don't laugh by that, um, uh, you, I didn't see you on the schedule. I'm like, I'm fucked because I'm about to deliver a few more punchlines and I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. That's a joke where it's like, if they're not, if they don't laugh at the pizza guy part and then they, then I'm just doing this act out to silence is like horrifying. Mm. Yeah. It's hard to bail on that. Cause that's like, yeah, very clearly the first joke in a, in a series of punches back to back. Yeah. It's mm. humiliating. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. They, they don't have an imagination in Connecticut, but they have had a lot of trips to HR. So uh, yeah. Yeah. So by then they're like, Oh, then, by, by then it's like, uh, the end of a thriller where you're like, Oh, I have to go back and see all the hints. Yeah. You know, but it's, not yeah. supposed to be. <laughs> it's like right in front of your face. So. <laughs> let's, let's do a montage, a flashback. Yeah. yeah. You're like, Oh, it's like memento. <laughs> oh, the whole time. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see you on the schedule today. Um, and, and that's, that's a, a simple line, but it, it communicates a lot more than it just says. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could easily say like, Oh, we're both not supposed to be working. That ruins the joke. It's. Yeah. I love that tool of like saying something in a, like the obvious thing, but in a different way. Me too. I think I was talking about this with Andrew, my boyfriend, we were, we were watching like some new sitcom and it was like, you look like, like the joke was like, you look like a pirate. And Andrew was like, why is it so, why would you say what you look like? Why would you not say like, you look like you're about to steal gold. Just, mm-hmm. Obviously that's also terrible, but like, why don't you say the act of what a pirate would do? So the audience can be like, Oh, that's what, pi- that's what pirates do. You know, yeah. saying someone looks like a pirate is like, great. It's on the nose. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. It's just- so anything to avoid exactly what, you know, I used to in my early days when I was a little greener, you know, we all, all, every girl who doesn't, who dresses a little masculine has a lesbian joke. And I would used to say, I look like I run a softball league. And mm-hmm. I, of course I don't say that joke anymore because it's hack as fuck. But in my first few years, I was like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, don't say there's even like ma- male comics who are like, I know I look like a lesbian. Can you think of any alternatives? I, <laughs> I hate that. I hear yeah. it so much by this point. Yes. Really old. Yes. You always should think of like, is there any funnier way to say this? Which I obviously I need to do with like my entire set. But I always roll my eyes when I hear like such an obvious, it's not even a joke. Again, with the like roasting people and you're not even saying a joke, but you think you're the shit. Yeah. It almost feels like a setup more than yeah. anything. It's like, yeah. and you look like a lesbian and <laughs> what that's else? it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess you're not going to finish any sentences. So why should I listen to the rest of your set? Totally. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's always frustrating. Like one of the first things that I learned, um, when I started doing stand-up was start with the obvious thing, but don't say the obvious thing, like start from there and then do the next thing and then go one, like one step further. So, Oh, you look like a pirate. Okay. Like, Oh, you look like you would bury treasure somewhere. Oh, okay. Like, Oh, you you never get to where you're going on Google maps because you're always looking for the X or something stupid like that. Like, you know, yeah, definitely. (laughs) But yeah, you're saying the same thing, but in a different way. And I, and, Audiences love to put together the rest of a joke. Too. Mm-hmm. But they like, love the, like being like, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I could do that. There's, there's the other audiences that need to be spoon fed though, which sucks. I, it's then so you're like, weird. Yes. It's so true. I did like a Brooklyn show. There was like one night I had like kind of a rough show and Seton Smith. I don't know if you know him. Was, I, I know the name. He's a veteran comic, really nice, really funny. After my Brooklyn show, it it didn't go that well. And I meandered into like hat crowd work. And he was like, it was good. But for this crowd, you can like um, go even more specific with your crowd work. So he's like, instead of, and I think I had just come from a club in Manhattan where they were like Midwest tourists where I could (laughs) get away with that. So every crowd you have to be like, am I going to be smart or am I going to be stupid tonight? That's the question. I saw that when I was in New York, the the Midwest crowds, like, or just like, oh, we're all from Australia. Yes, (laughs) totally. Versus like a Brooklyn crowd is like all educated, diverse group that you can totally go crazy with and reference like all sorts of stuff. And it's so much more fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like a crowd like that too. You're, you're trusting them too. Yeah. And uh, they like that. They sense that, you know, like you're giving them more credit. Yes. That like, if you like, yes, within like the first minute, if you like say something like a a riff, that's like something they know. They're like, okay, she knows. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Test the water. Do you have a way to figure out, say you're the first comic in a lineup. Do you have a way to kind of figure out, or you just walk into the, to the show and you're going right up. Like you don't have time to really assess the room. Do you have a way to, I try not to assess the room because that just puts me in a weird place where I'm like already scripting in my head. I should actually probably, cause I know some pros are like, have their lines in their head, mm-hmm. but that actually maybe someday I can do that. But I like to go up kind of blindly. And then when I'm on stage, kind of let things unfold and comment on the crowd a little bit in that way. Um, I think I made fun of like there was like a club I did this weekend everyone looked very wealthy and I think I made commentary about that and then there was like a Brooklyn show recently where I was like this looks I don't remember what I said I think like the (laughs) comic before me was doing jokes about being Muslim 
and I was like, I went on stage and I was like, I am not meant for this crowd. I'm, I live in Queens. I'm a fucking loser. I don't even know what Islam is like as a joke to my character of like, I'm an uneducated fucking loser. And they lost their fucking minds in a good way. <laughs> they were like, yeah, she does look basic. I was like commenting on, cause it looked like a thrift store, you know, like a, a Brooklyn crowd that they're all wearing bucket hats and mix mismatched clothing. And they're all like fucking non-binary. And you're like, they're going to think I'm so basic. But I addressed it at the beginning. Cause I was literally wearing Ugg boots. And then they were like, <laughs> so she knows. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. when anything you can do to like, put in their heads what they're th- put in their heads what they're thinking about you without being like I know I look like a blah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. can can really help so mm. yeah yeah that's and and that comes with time too it's like you just have that instinct when you get up there and yeah and you can feel that out I know I, I always like I pressure myself I'm like oh this crowd looks like they won't like this joke or like this joke so maybe I'll skip yeah. those and I get in my own head and it's not like you can't because I've yeah. seen like crowds of really cool looking like I thought the I always look at a cool broken crowd and I'm like I'm not I'm not woke enough for them and then they don't give a fuck but I think a lot of comics will see that crowd and be like you guys are definitely not gonna like this and it's like well they won't now <laughs> yeah because yeah. you told them that by saying that you're telling them that they're uptight like woke with a capital W when they mm-hmm. actually just are enjoying their time here. Yeah. So we put a lot of judgment on crowds too. Yeah. So that's why I try not to. And then if I see a comic before me and it's kind of a tight crowd, I'm like, that kind of helps me to just like go slow and stay like present and enjoy my time up there and not give them any of my emotional weight. You know, Mm. I think the worst thing that can happen is you go on stage thinking you're going to crush and then, the crowd is like tighter than you thought and you have to like humble yourself within three minutes. But <laughs> especially when you go out the gate with all that confidence, no, oh. like, and then you have to like dial it back because oh, you don't want to seem, yes. yeah. It's, it's, you flip a switch minute four, hoping you can save it. Sometimes you can, but other times it's like, it's over. The ship has yeah. sailed. They, the they already have their sailed. opinions about me. Yeah, Totally. One of the nice things about comedy is you can just be like, well, I'll just do this tomorrow or I'll just do this in an hour and it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Again. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's also, the thing about, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, also it gives you the tools for like next time you, you hit yeah. that same yes. situation. It's like, oh, I've done this before. Totally. Mm-hmm. I feel like the most existential bombs I've had when you go to another show where in four, three years ago, you would have totally ate it and you kind of just have a passable set. You're like, damn, I grew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm growing and that's cool. Yeah. But in the, at the time, you're like, fuck, I'm a fucking loser. Mm-hmm. This is why I'll never make it. But if you use it as a learning experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. That's, <laughs> it's so easy to like bomb and then just be like I'm the worst like especially if it's the last show of the night and you don't have anything tomorrow or whatever it's like I know I guess I'll just fail (laughs) it sucks you really have to be like you have to be like yourself more than you like the crowd and be like what went wrong objectively Mm -hmm. and just be like all right well tomorrow's a new day Mm-hmm. even people even fucking Bill Burr bombs and he's a professional people recognize everyone bombs 
Yeah. I see famous people bomb, and you're just like, all right, day in the life. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't fall in love with the bombing part of it, like you're not, you're not long for this. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I, you made a point too when you like accuse the crowd of something. If you're like, oh, you guys are just woke, or like, oh, you guys are uptight, or yeah. oh, you guys like, imagine if somebody came up to you and said that Literally. to you. Yeah. Now all you can think of is like all the reasons they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're like you're like i went to the beach yesterday what the fuck and now they're distracted how, because of they're they're like thinking about how unwoke they are they're like i say racial slurs in my home when yeah. it's okay you know yeah. <laughs> they're thinking of all the ways that they're not uptight and i see comics do it so much and it turns audiences off mm-hmm. so because oh, audiences don't know what a tight crowd is they don't know what a bad crowd is a bad crowd is if literally no one is laughing for the entire show, but we have inflated the term so much because everyone's used to fucking murdering to like laugh uproarious laughter. So then when they don't get that and it's a crowd with quieter laughter that everyone's like, what the fuck? And like they spiral, but if you just, (laughs) but if you just grow to accept that every so often a crowd will be murderous, but for the most part, they're all like kind of mediocre. Then you can appreciate the murderous ones more and then accept the fact that for the most part shows can be bad plus like average plus, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most people exist in the world of polite laughter. Yeah. Um, You know, the uproarious stuff. Like if you get a few in the room that can really change the dynamic of a room. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've had like Friday night shows at clubs in the city that are like unreal level of lap you're like crowd surfing out of there but then the next friday is like you know the host is like they're super tight i don't know what's going on out there and i'm like they're not tight they were just insane last week and now you're freaking out because you didn't leave with a fucking standing ovation Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah you can't compare crowds no yeah it's yeah it's just another obstacle it's just another part of the show yeah for sure um and then luckily you had a hot crowd with this clip so that you, you feel proud enough to put it up on your, uh, on your, no. on your YouTube. That's <laughs> weird enough. Actually, that show was the second of the comics to watch showcases. And the night before was actually like a really hard crowd. And every comic on that showcase kind of <laughs> had an existential crisis <laughs> and the next, the show that I had on YouTube was like the best crowd you will ever, like everyone crushed. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for the comics, the industry, why it was bad was because it was all industry on the first night. Mm-hmm. And then they, Everybody's they, tight. they crushed the second night, but no industry was there. So it didn't even matter. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the hard thing about it. I'm like beyond like a tight crowd, but when it comes to like those industry shows, like JFL auditions and stuff can really like get in your head for a while too. That's really interesting to me because we know not to base our performance off of the outcome, like the audience, yeah. like the laugh or, or the result. Yeah. It's, it's all about like just going up there and, and being better than your last set in, yeah. um, in some way. And uh, so then when there's like, an audition like when there's something at stake mm-hmm. all of a sudden we forget that and like we have to yeah. be perfect and flawless and that's not who any of us are it's so bad and i think it's like humiliating for our brains 
that we have to audition. It's based on our personality. It's not like an acting or a singing audition. It's like we're up there bearing our souls to yeah. no laughter, hoping to get a five-minute set in Canada in June. And it's like, yeah. it's hurtful for everyone involved. <laughs> I always liken this to certain people I can't do well in front of in comedy, mm -hmm. no matter mm -hmm. how many years I've known them. But yeah. luckily, they're never the most important people. Luckily, I've had like pre like producers or like people I just admire in the city that are like yeah. uh, really uh, that I do well in front of and just feed off of that. Luckily, yeah. I am a very cerebral person. I'm in my head a lot. It's mm -hmm. what helps me write, but it's what makes me a poor performer sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Having people, there's like a couple people who I'm like, I feel like you've only seen me struggle and I'm going to accept that fact. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> And then finally, when you get over it, then it like goes away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this weird feedback yeah. loop that un, un loops itself. Yeah, um, definitely. So Yeah, I used to like whenever some of the, the veteran comics, um, you know, like some of the touring comics would, would show up at an open mic. I'd be like, oh, man, this has to be the best open mic set. And it's, Dude, you're an open mic. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Yes. Do what you came here to do. Stop trying to impress yeah. people. They're not going to be like, I'm going to take you on my plane back. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Come with me. You got, you got Moxie, I'm going to leash you up and take you with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can laugh at that. Back to your bit. So, like, just like you have to commit to the role for it to really work, you have to commit to the act out. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't half-ass... An act like a role playing act out. I think that would just yeah. totally no, no matter how funny it is that like what you're saying. Yeah, there has to be a level of commitment. Has that been a like did did that was that something that came naturally or? Um, I think the timing of it I had to work on a little bit. Um, less half ass and more. I would always try to close with it, but then I would get freaked out because I was. I hate running the light, so I would panic and like do it way too quickly, and then I would just end on it falling flat because I just barreled through it so quickly. You have to give them time, so I guess that's kind of half-assing it. Yeah, I, I, I know. I hate when I it's like, oh shoot, I got the light. Has it been? How long has it been? Shit, uh, I got to close on the on the yeah. best line. Uh, hey. Yeah. Hate. I always feel like intense pressure, but I don't think I've ever half-assed it. Um, but it is it is hard when it it doesn't get momentum. Mm -hmm. now, was it, is that something that was like nerve-wracking? Like when you do act-outs, or is that mm -hmm. just kind of come? It's nerve-wracking every time I enter that joke because I'm like I don't know which way it'll go. But mm -hmm. if it's a really good crowd, I'm like I'm excited for this one. But if they're like touch and go, I, I get a little bit more nervous. Mm. But anything with an act out is definitely mm -hmm. hard. I actually don't do this joke that much. It's not ever my go-to because I'm like, I just can't right now. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I'm not, I'm not one, I'm not a role player. Like, I mean, I, like I loved doing characters and stuff and I would commit yeah. super hard to whatever it was yeah. <laughs> that I would do. But I don't know. I feel like you have to commit to a certain extent when you're actually like doing it, not mm -hmm. speaking from experience at all. Steve, do you, are you into role playing? Yes. No, I have a story for, I actually wrote in my phone uh, that I want to write a joke about that. Cause I have a true story about role playing. That would be really uh -huh. funny. Do you want to, um, do you want to talk about it? 
Sure, I don't want to be a rapist. <laughs> like in the story? Yeah, that's what my girlfriend like wanted the- me to do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. And that's not like full-blown, like, you know, well, I mean, obviously... I don't even want to talk about this, but you get where what I'm saying is like, I was like not into it. And I was like, well, that's, you know, so it's not done yet, David. I just wrote it down in my notes. All right. Jeez. <laughs> All right. You're kind of coming across a little aggressive there. Yeah, no, no, I was just kidding. But it, like my sarcasm is too dry. Like earlier, David, I did the, the line that Colin Joe said and you're like, yeah, totally. And I was like, oh, that was the it. joke. That was the joke he said on Saturday Night Live. But I said it so dry that it like just came out like the way I would have said it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're just like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, like role playing. Other than that, though, no, I don't have any other stories <laughs> about it. So, I don't have any. So she wanted you to play that role? Like she wanted you to like. Like be aggressive, like basically. What? I've heard like, of like the rape fantasy before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Needless yeah. to say, that relationship didn't last very long. But, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> well, she's probably with someone else who like likes to do that. Yeah. So end up with someone who, you know. Yeah, and there's going to be a real gray area there. <laughs> like. Is that pun intended? See, it's weird. It's like, I want to joke about it, but I'm also also not comfortable joking about it. Where it's like, all right, you get what I mean? Okay, never mind. I'm not going to say that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it's like. It's it's hard to write jokes about certain topics because you're like, well, how is this coming across to other people? Do they even know me that well? Am I? No, I'm not going to tell that joke first in my set because you have to establish what kind of person you are as a comedian are you sarcastic okay where is this where is this going is this escalating uh you know those sorts of things yeah i would hold on to the topic for a while (laughs) um but don't feel like you have to write a joke yet but it is a funny topic Mm -hmm. yeah and you can see where it can get be a whole can of worms where it's like yeah yeah, you can think of that something that is in theory funny but is it like too sensitive for people because it's weird it's a real weird yeah can we role play yeah. breaking up? Can mm-hmm. we do that? Like, yeah, <laughs> let's role play. Let's role play break up sex. Yeah. <laughs> Can we have a, just, let's have a full fledged fight about, <laughs> about this and then break up. And then you'll be like, wait, I'm out. I'm locked out right now. Is this part of it? Yeah. <laughs> All your stuff <laughs> thrown out the top window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how uh, I, yeah, that's how I would break up with uh, with my girlfriend. Just, hey, let's do a role play. She lives in the downstairs, but you throw all her clothes out the upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my stereo. <laughs> <laughs> Just really commit. Oh good. Yeah. Just really commit. Um, so the both being naked in the hallway part. Um, that, that kind of takes the joke to a little bit, a little bit more of like a silly, like, oh, maybe this didn't actually happen, uh, place with the audience, yeah. but they're still on board with it. It's still a funny reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Cause now, now they're, they were picturing something totally different before. And now here we are. Yeah. Just a little hint at what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then what do you say? Can, uh, can you stop doing this? This exchange, you say, can you stop doing this? And then he says, are we going to have sex or not? So he breaks character. Yeah, um, he's done with it. So that, that first line, 
and that's how I, the way I took it, the, can you stop doing this? Is like, mm-hmm. you wanted them to think that you broke character, but you didn't yet. Yeah. It's like a little, little trick. Yeah. 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 I really like that. More thought, I didn't put this much thought into the bit. I want to let you know. Yeah, no, I know. You are, you <laughs> this is usually the case. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> we'll bring someone in and I'll, I'll be like, ooh, could they have meant this? Like, is this? Yes, definitely. I'm not smart enough to have the intentions that the joke now has, but I appreciate that I got here. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, when you like take an improv class and you're like, I don't, I don't get it, but I'll try. <laughs> and I think that's, it's like an accidental improv scene. It feels mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had, I had, uh, I did a, I mean, I just posted it on Twitter. I was, uh, it was like, as the Capitol riots were happening, I was like, relax guys. This is just boys being boys. Yeah. And, uh, and, somebody commented that it was, it was like an offensive joke or whatever. Oh, okay. And then someone else was saying, no, I think it's a great joke because he's just juxtaposing Donald Trump's locker room talk with boys being boys. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's exactly yeah. what that was. Totally. When uh, people like give me more credit, then it's just me writing sex jokes. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. commentary. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> but but the, the reveal, even though you didn't intend it, like that's yeah. that's how I took it. Like the second time watching it, oh, now it's an HR issue. It's like, oh, yeah. no, she never broke character, but he did. Yeah, <laughs> so pretty like, funny. So you win, like you win, you won the joke. The I won the joke. That's <laughs> what I think. Yeah, I think the HR issue was like the last point. I think it started with just the back and forth for a while, uh, and then the HR was like a little button that I put on later. Have, have you taken that joke anywhere else? Like, have you tried other like role playing scenarios? See if not yet. I think I want to maybe add a couple more lines to this joke. Um, maybe a couple more back and forth after the HR. Um, I don't know how far I can take it until mm. the audience is tired out. Mm. I mean, if if it's if it's original, like again, you have to commit uh, yeah. to to the because I've seen jokes where somebody commits so hard where the audience is like, okay, we're good. And then it keeps going and then they're back on board. Yes, totally. And I have a couple of new jokes like that, that it like goes on and on and people like laugh a lot at the end, but it's harder for me for the old stuff because you're like, ah, but it's so good as is. Mm -hmm. You're like, yeah, I just want to keep going with other stuff. But I think I'll add to it at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it might not like end up being this long-winded thing, but you could get a couple good tags yeah. out of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I hate never. how if you tell a joke for too long, you're worried that if you try to change it, it's just going to get all like, you're not going to be able to commit to a solid thing. Yeah. You need that solidity to like make yeah. sure you don't fuck it up. You know, if it's complex, that is. Yeah, definitely. You want to like have a really good joke, but then you're like also... Um, it's also, what's the word, uh, appealing to do like, you know, like with the Gary Goldman post office thing, the five minute extended thing, you're like, could I take it even that far? And then you're like, I don't think I have the intellectual aptitude. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could, but you're like, that's a long. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's like one of those things where you're like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm too late. That's a lot of writing. Yeah. It's a lot of stacking the, if that, then what? Right. And then you end up in this 
alternate universe. Who else did that? There was a couple of late night sets that were like the full thing. We're like, who is that guy who might be Canadian? And he did a late night set where they did the late night set at the same time. Two different late night sets, like talking at the same time. I don't know if I'm familiar. I'm going to see if I can find it right now. And it was like, one of them might have been Nate Bargassi. It sets at same time. Oh, Um, I know what you're talking about now. I just don't remember who did. they They were like literally at the same time. And I don't know if I can find it by, oh, duh, Rory Scoville and John Dory. So... Here, I can drop it in the chat. It's not really that worth watching because... <laughs> I saw it. After, after a minute, you're like, I get it. Yeah. But I think it's John... Is it John Doerr or John Dory? But he had a bit that was like a really long and really funny. I haven't seen him in a while. But it went from one thing to like a bunch of different things. And I think that was the funniest version I saw of that. Okay. I did a, um, I did a sketch show... Uh, in New York, I produced it with Brian Inc. Uh, he kind of bailed. Um, this was years oh, ago, though. Interesting. And uh, yeah, he he kind of bailed. Like he kind of got the ball rolling, but then he never showed up to anything. Yeah. Wait, why <laughs> but, am I not surprised at all? Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was a bunch of people from UCB, and we did like auditions to to figure out like who was going to be in it, and we wanted a cast yeah. of eight. And the one thing that I was focused on in the auditions was like, who's committed to their character? Yeah. Like regardless of what's going on. Like there were some people that would bail in the middle of the character if we weren't laughing or like get nervous. Yeah. Um, But really like the the laughs would actually come like at the end as they built. I love a commitment. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There was a comic, uh, uh, an open mic comic the other night that I saw brand new what he was saying wasn't necessarily funny, but his commitment to the act outs Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> afterwards like he came to the bar and I, I was sitting at the bar and I was like hey if you like like keep committing like that like keep doing those mm-hmm. act outs and just keep working mm-hmm. on your writing because when your writing matches that dude that's going to be unreal mm-hmm. yeah I agree and I think people early on in those kind of things need to hear that mm-hmm. because they're anytime I've told someone like that that they're like wait really and I'm like yeah. just keep doing it yeah yeah, a lot did. of the times they fall off, but <laughs> yeah. right, you get so disheartened so early because yeah. you imagine this like glamour, like yeah. I'm, like you said, you know, I'm going to yeah. be Mark Norman the first time. Yeah, not at all. I think a lot of people start comedy and they rush to like crazy stuff, but I think the first few years should just be like finding your voice and learning about joke structure. I mean, the same is true, but let's, let's parallel this to actual role-playing. Like, mm-hmm. like in high school, you're not like, all right, yeah, never had sex before, true. but I have this idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. yeah. You got to get the basics down and then you can start yes. doing the weird stuff. Totally. And I still don't have the basics. So yeah. <laughs> gotta be right. patient. <laughs> right. There's not an open mic for that. <laughs> Just try this out. There's none. I wish there was. <laughs> I mean, you kind of talk about it in your bit. You got to practice a few times before, before you get it down. Um, I've never, I've never really like wanted to do it, but I think the one scenario that I would be on board with is like, it's like in an action movie where, where we have to like 
like go on the limb or something and we're staying at a like a shitty motel and mm-hmm. and like anytime headlights like like come through the curtains it's like oh, yeah quiet and then, <laughs> yeah and then like you know we go in the bathroom and I gotta like cut her hair so no one can recognize yeah. her and then like yeah. <laughs> I mean just really commit to that like yeah if I were crazy. to do if if I were yeah. to do a bit about it that's I think that's the direction I would take like yeah that sounds great all the action movie tropes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm in a wife beater for some reason like, <laughs> <laughs> sounds perfect yeah I'll buy a gun for this just yeah just for this yeah yeah, yeah. hire somebody to kick down the door and like yeah <laughs> pay a little extra <laughs> yeah absolutely um you know pistol whip me a couple times just for a good just measure a couple, yeah yeah but it'd be totally worth it for sure um so speaking of commitment uh gary have you seen either of uh, or, or heard either of gary or maria's bit i don't think so um I want to say no. I don't Gary. consume a ton of stand up, which okay. is random that I knew that late night set, but um, I don't think I've ever seen either. Do you, uh, is there a reason you, you don't, what, like some comics are like, I don't want to accidentally take somebody else's or, or like have um, an idea inspire me? No, I'm just too lazy. I just don't consume yeah. a lot of stuff. Um, that's pretty much it. I, work a lot and then when I'm not working I don't watch YouTube or anything I just like sit around and eat mm. again I'm super boring I get it I, though. <laughs> I don't consume things either like I don't yeah I don't watch stand-up plus I'm watching so many people at open mics that yeah old even if what you're seeing at open mics is bad and what's on YouTube yeah. is better or at least you know you can select good comedians yeah um it's still just yeah, I don't know. I just don't. Cons- I don't watch TV really. Yeah, I watch some things, but that's it. Me too. Everyone's yeah. out here watching every show, every movie, and it's like, and I will be like, oh, I forgot about TV, and we have like a sixty-inch TV, and I'm just like, I've gone days without even turning it on. Yeah. Um, I think I'm probably depressed, but it's just not my first thought of things to do. Right. Yeah. I I feel like you're more depressed if it is like. I don't know. I don't watch. I watch like two shows at a time. I can't handle yeah. more than that. Yeah. If that. I watch ADD if comedies. That. Yeah. They're things that are either small episodes within an episode or episodes that are disjointed from us. Yes. Know, from the rest. You'll catch me watching Family Guy every day because mm-hmm. I'm a fucking trash piece of shit or just scrolling on TikTok. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> it's rough. I just don't like to think. Yeah. Family Guy. I, that'll always have a place in my heart. Yeah. Um, some of the new episodes are pretty good too. I think it's fire. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, you know, rags on family guy. It made me who I am. All right. It's a great <laughs> yeah. show. It's really good. Honestly. I know. I laugh a lot at it. And South Park is a little bit too critical for me. I'm like, this is too smart for me. Mm-hmm. Family it's guys crazy how we're saying that these days. <laughs> Remember when it was like really bad? And it's like, <laughs> I know. It's just I know. too cerebral, the South Park. If you it's, got in the time machine and, and said I know. that, you'd be like, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I know. That's a show where I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Times, they are changing. I know. Got a message now. and <laughs> Yeah. Three current yeah, events easy. coming together and every. It's yes. so formulaic, but it's good. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. <laughs> Good, Would but you, more like watching the Daily Show. You're like, um, 
I kind of just want to be in an incredibly alternate universe right now and don't want to watch commentary. Right. Yeah. Everybody's doing commentary. So it's like, yeah. really do something to impress me, please. <laughs> if you're going to do it. it from political uh, comedy yeah. in the yeah. four years too. It's like traumatizing. Yeah, and- <laughs> It's traumatizing, and then the whole like half of the country doesn't believe in masks, and now vaccines, and it's just more tiring than funny at this point. Yeah, yeah, right. Because so, you're just getting blasted with something you can't do anything about. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, like yeah, it's bad. Yeah, so the psychologists call that learned helplessness, and it's just yeah. being like ingrained in our heads. Yeah, it is good to turn off the TV though, then too, yeah. because it's like just you know. It's good to turn off the TV. It's also good to get off social media. I think we've developed like a full-time social media lifestyle right now, whereas I think it's not supposed to be like that. But a lot of us are like full-time Twitter, full-time other apps. And I think it's bad. Mm-hmm. You could spend that time writing. So it's like, mm-hmm. that's only going to be better than broadcasting whatever you're yeah. on a whim. And then like piling on and canceling people for... It's bad right now. Yeah. I'll, I like, I'll see TikTokers like go down in flames for one <laughs> 13 second video. And you're like, this is really scary. This is a scary place we're in right now. That's what I keep hearing is that TikTokers are like, or I should say the comment section of TikTok yeah. is like the worst. They're rude as hell. And I've seen, there's like this one girl who's a known body positivity and she's not even fat. She just like has a large figure. Um, and so today she posted, she is literally like million, 10 million followers. And today she posted like, a, this is me bloated. And all the comments were like, fuck you. You're not fat. Stop trying to be the face of the body positivity movement. <laughs> and this bitch, yeah. She's literally 16, 17 years old. And I'm like, I don't think they should be on here. I don't think you should be on TikTok till you graduate college because that's a youthful brain that will go through the ringer. Being molded by 30-somethings yes. who are... <laughs> Literally. Uh, yeah. Yes. 30-somethings who are like, girl, you don't even know. And she's like, I still live with my parents. I don't know. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, I just learned cursive. Um, yeah. Like, Seriously. I just learned how to drive. Back off. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it takes the human element uh, away from like social interaction. Like, that's not how people yeah. would behave. Would you say that to that person if they were in front of you, or would you approach yeah. it in a more human way? Yeah, or even just like, ignore them. Yeah. Like, if I saw her like uh, as an ad for Hollister, and the ad said like plus size, I wouldn't be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I'm <laughs> calling Hollister. <laughs> yeah, not at all. So I do think there's going to be like a veering away from especially as stuff reopens i think people will like kind of forget there's some people who have like developed a big following on these apps and i think once things reopen they'll be like wait i actually don't care mm-hmm. or i can't commit to what i was providing you during the quarantine yeah i mean she's just posting that because she feels like she has to continually yeah. post content yeah it doesn't have to be good like oh i'm bloated my followers will care about this. And then turns out now totally. they hate you. What? It's so bad. And of course, like if you see other people post, you feel like you have to. And then there's other videos that are like the algorithm favors you if you post a lot more. And so these young people are like, Oh, I got to be on there constantly. And I'm like, I cannot give a fuck about the algorithm. I am almost 30. Right. And so do you, do you post a TikTok? 
I'm on TikTok. Um, not frequently, maybe a couple times a week now. Although now that I'm doing stand up, I'm like, uh, I have no, but I should, I post like more podcast clips there now, but yeah. it was fun for a second while there was like no stand up during the winter. But now that I'm in front of audiences, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I never got into it. I posted like maybe six or seven. Yeah. Like I have a bunch of old snaps that I saved that might yeah. be something mm-hmm. like that I still think are funny. So maybe yeah. I'll like edit those, but yeah. I, I'm not going to be like, Ooh, this is perfect for TikTok. Like definitely it's hard when we perform live because it's not the same at all. And some people are really good at little videos and you have to be like, all right, I have different strengths than they do and not be like, oh, I have to do my little, uh, this is my impression of a, my dad at a cookout. You don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to do it. Right. Um, I, I like what, uh, what, what is it called? Uh, uh, stitching or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or where you like comment on another video. There's like the split screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that what that's called? I don't stitching, know what it's yeah. called. Is it? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I want to do it. God, now I sound like <laughs> yeah. all these kids. I know. <laughs> but um, Mike Racine was uh, uh, like responding to like girls asking guys questions, and oh he had one where, where everything was based around Lord of the Rings. Oh my like, god! What's the perfect date? A, a trip to New Zealand to to go see where they filmed The Hobbit, and then so, like, oh, I the saw perfect, that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> And he's so got the dumb. mustache now, so it's even it like yeah. it just adds the, to the humor of it. <laughs> That's great. He's yeah. such a freak. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Like I, it, but it's just a matter of taking the time and doing it. Commitment again, like yeah, commitment, or even like thinking of the stupidest idea you have and doing it, and then moving on. Because I think mm-hmm. a lot of the social media stuff, if you jump on the idea right away, you can get rid of it. But if you let it sit, you'll be like, nah, stupid now after two days. Mm-hmm. You just think of like the stupidest idea and film it. Right. Boil it down to like the funniest, quickest way you can make it. That'll save you humiliation if it bombs. Yeah. The least work you can put into anything <laughs> in terms of social media will be the best for your self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah, we've had that conversation before. It's always the tweet that you sit with for too long yeah. that that you think is going to be like your masterpiece, and it's like yeah. six likes. No, David, you know you noticed I, and it might help me if I did, but I'm never that guy that's like, "Hey, I'm on the hey, everybody, how are you doing?" Like, I never yeah. post selfies, none of that yeah. shit. It's just so self indulgent. Yeah. I just can't do it. It's self indulgent. I have an Instagram following from while and out, so I have to to stay engaged with them yeah um, that makes sense though <laughs> when i do it i'm like literally fuck you because yeah. people because i like engage with people through my stories and stuff like that but it is very like i didn't get into stand-up to do this and right. but you understand the costs of some stuff that happens and the reality of having to be on social media right, but it yeah. is humiliating yeah it's, yeah, it's the world we live in, and yeah. you know, I one of my uh, have like a coach, and she was like, "What if you spend less time on social media?" And I was mm-hmm. like, "But I, but I can't." Like, yeah, it's for my career, but right. I, I really could just do like, "What do you have to post today?" And that's yes. it. 
And it's like, once I get on there to do that, like I'll, I'll have a goal, I'll have a plan, whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, 20 minutes later, I'm like, what the, what am I doing? So bad. It's so bad. We have to train ourselves to post and walk away and to turn our phones back into like landlines. But Mm -hmm. right now it's just like everything and they have an app for everything. And when you're not on it for a while, they notify you. And it's like, like check out um, Stuart's new photo. And you're like, what the fuck? I can't escape. It's like an Applebee's. You ever go? You, I I drove past an Applebee's today, and it yeah. said, um, above the door, it said, "Welcome back." Oh my god! <laughs> and I was like, "What? Welcome back?" This is most I ain't never like been here. that's a cult. Welcome yeah, back. Cult. Yeah, Applebee's cult. Oh. I'd rather go to Applebee's than be on social media. Right, yeah. it's less toxic. Well, is it less toxic? Uh, uh, in different me, ways. Yes. <laughs> different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different ways, but they do got those. Uh, Two for one appetizers, I think. Yeah, yeah, the, the late night appetizers. <laughs> yeah, I just want to. I just want to know the person who sees that welcome back, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. finally, <laughs> Welcome back home. Yeah, it said welcome back home to the neighborhood. Yeah, welcome back, welcome back your, to the neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> your community here. Oh man, <laughs> it's like, that's that's what I want to role play an Applebee's fajita coming out yeah. to the to the bedroom. Sizzling, yeah. Is that wait? Does Applebee's do DoorDash and does the fajita arrive sizzling? Though I don't know. It better I say no. <laughs> it's you'll find out on Yelp. I'll, I know that. <laughs> I bet, dude. Uh, it wasn't you really, sizzling. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> if you really want to entertain yourself. Read Yelp reviews of like Olive Garden and Applebee's and Red Lobster and Fridays. Like I want unlimited breadsticks delivered yeah, to my corral. House. Yes, <laughs> you can't do that. That's where you spoon feed the audience. You're like, you can't do that. And that's what's funny yeah. about it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, does ordering Olive Garden to go? Do the, does somebody come and crank the cheese onto my salad until I tell them to stop? Like, I need yeah. the power. I. Yeah. I just dump it under the table. Cross the line. If you were to, um, if you were to give a comic advice, if they're if they're struggling with the idea of committing, like if they're mm-hmm. like if they have something that's mm-hmm. that's almost there, but they just need to to commit, is there is there a piece of advice that you would get them to uh, lean forward a little bit more? I don't know. Practice at home, probably. You probably a lot of us are going on stage and saying it for the first time on stage, which I don't think helps. I think practice at home. And there was one actually, I forgot about this joke. I had like a, I did like a holiday album recording, like a couple tracks on a Sirius XM album for a club. And I had an act out that was like parents, divorced parents on Christmas with sports commentary. And I had to be like Joe Buck doing sports commentary and stuff like that. And that was really hard. And it was really, and I think I brought no word for word, what the script was going to be on stage. And I read off my phone. So if it's like a, if there's a lot of lines back and forth, literally just like read it off your phone, like keep the mic in the stand and like act it out, but just do like the characters, but don't move at all. I think just getting the lines down first and seeing if those are funny before you even get any body movement in is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Cause then you can start doing like the microphone and blah, blah or the pizza and stuff. But until mm-hmm. the lines are funny, it's going to be hard to commit. 
Right. If, act out of stuff, I think it's good to take it like one step by step if you're not an act out comic. So start by making sure each line is funny. I'm the guy that like won't commit to an act out and then just give up. Uh, yeah. And that's why I don't do them because that is a bad moment and you're set. <laughs> it's a bad moment. It's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think definitely like thinking of it less like an act out and more like a line in your set and making sure it's funny will help. Mm-hmm. I think too, like if you're ever in a, in a play or something, you don't just get on stage and do it. You yeah. for, you read through the, the, the mm-hmm. script, you, yeah. you know, you run lines together, you do yeah. the blocking with the script in hand. And then you're, when you're eventually off book, you can work in the little mannerisms. And yeah. then like the more and more you do that. Remember when that and, was hard? Yeah, it was, hard. Yeah. It was but, but, once you got it down and, and got like the little manner and then you'd get those little notes from the director, like raise an eyebrow here or do yeah. this with your hand or hold the pizza. Right. right. Um, then it, it really takes on a life of its own and you can really work out those little, those, those small little kinks. Yeah, I agree. I really think it's about like lines first and then like movement and then face and then yeah, like it, timing. If it's something where memorization is important, where like the certain the yeah. line has to be said a certain way at a certain time, yeah, like back and forth, I think that, I mean that's a good point. It's okay to to take your phone on the stage yeah. until you get it down. Read it word for word. You can. I the first time I did the commentary one, I was like, I'm trying to see if this is funny. I never said it before, so laugh where it's funny, and then don't. And if they know, that's fine too. Yeah, we're all very like holy when it comes to like. Oh, I'm, I got my shit memorized. But if you just like pull out your phone and you're like, here's something and I'm going to read it and fuck y'all, y'all. Mm-hmm. I just need to know if this dialogue is funny. Then they'll be like, oh, so we're like a focus group. And I think they'll actually listen more. Huh. Yeah, it's you, like, like they have a, a role in it. Yeah. Again, it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Giving your audience credit. Yeah. Again, that's, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a good little trick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, because we, I mean, and, and again, at open mics, like, I would rather see you get on stage with your phone mm-hmm. or a piece of paper and read it off and then do it again and again and again. And then all of a sudden you don't have your phone and you're doing it. And yeah. now you've added like more layers to it. And then yeah. that finished product for me, you know, I mean, we, we have a smaller, obviously we're not New York, you know, we have mm-hmm. a smaller scene. Um, so a lot of the people will be at the same open mics. And, yeah. uh, and if after like a month of seeing a progression from yeah. <clears throat> ripped on stage to like final mm-hmm. product, that's like rewarding to me is a, that's, it's almost like I get the payoff as an audience yeah. member. Yeah, definitely. Huh. So yeah. It's good to see people progress and like knowing it's new. And if you laughed at it once, it'll probably be funny. Um, at some point it's just about like delivery and mm. usually the audience doesn't know what the fuck you're talking about. If the first time you say an idea mm-hmm. and yeah. they don't laugh, you have to just like rework. It's pretty much like explanation. Yeah. That we mess up on. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. I, there, there have yeah. been a couple premises where I'm like, Oh, this is great. And then I say yeah. it on stage. I'm like, Oh, I guess it's not great. And then I listen back and it's like, no, David, yeah. you just messed it up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you were yep. clear. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Um, Maddie, where can we find you on social media? And uh, do you have anything that you, you're you working on? Anything that you want to plug? This will come out in about a month. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm so Maddie Smith on all the platforms. And then check out my podcast, That Tem of the Week with Maddie Smith. It's really funny. And it comes out every Monday on all the pod platforms and every Sunday on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Maddie Smith. Full video episode there too. So when you finish listening to this episode of You Can't Laugh at That, check it out because we we drop on Mondays too. So Oh, perfect. So back to back. It's just, yeah, get get all your comedy fix in together at once. Yes. Cool. Get your fix. Absolutely. Well, uh, Maddie, I want to thank you for for joining this podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, and helping us prove that even though, you know, (laughs) you might be a little bit nervous to do it at first, if you commit whether it's a mm-hmm. bit about role-playing or you're actually role-playing or anything yes. else, you can yes. laugh at that. Special thanks to Gold Knox Studio. You can find Gold Knox Studio for all your podcasting needs at goldenoxstudio.com. Uh, hit up Jeremy. He is fantastic to work with, a professional. Uh, he makes podcasting easy. And uh, if, you're, if you've been kicking the tires on starting your own podcast, definitely give Gold Knox Studio a look. If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod or like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye.